All right, so this is going to be the Button Mashing Podcast, uh, inaugural episode, if you will. Um, I'm here with Tony and Nick, and I'm James, and we're going to be talking about some interesting topics in our Game of the Year uh, nominees, if you will, at towards the end of the episode. So the first thing we wanted to talk about out of the gate is, as you get older, maybe some, you know, of us... <laughs> might be changing our gaming habits and with that sometimes we game a little bit less or um do something a little different uh for me personally i see that i I have a lot less patience for games that i'm just not feeling uh for instance mortal shell was a game that i was interested in playing just based on the graphics alone um and recently it was on sale on steam for under ten dollars so i just picked it up you know thought it wasn't a problem that at least be worth that much. So I played it for maybe an hour and I wasn't very impressed and I just have not been back to it since. Uh, I remember you playing it and I remember really enjoying at least the presentation of it. Like the, the audio of it was really cool and you seemed lukewarm about it, <laughs> but that was like two months ago yeah. and just yep. haven't heard anything about it since. Yep, exactly. Um, I think I just got to the point where it's like, do I want to keep dumping hours into it to figure it out um, <laughs> or move on um, to other games, which I did. Um, it's still there. So, you know, I could always go back to it, but what are, what are some of the maybe gaming habits you've seen change for you guys? Um, I, I definitely know what you're saying in terms of, you know, feeling it or enjoying it or, um, I read a review of a game recently that I don't remember what what game it was, but the um, you know it was basically I got to the point where this game started feeling like it was a chore, and then the game ended. So they were basically <laughs> saying this is a perfect game because it was good up until a point where I was doing the same things over and over again, um, and so I, I always struggle though with the commitment of you know, either I have a, um, I have a desire that the game is good, and so I force myself into playing it long enough to let it become good, or um, I can convince myself that it's good. But also, there's the aspect of, well, I paid for this, and so I'm going to get my money out of <laughs> my money's worth out of it. The the the, the sunk cost fallacy. Right. Exactly. Um, is that is? It... But I think with. Is that different from when you were a kid? Oh, well, absolutely. Because when you were, <laughs> you know, either it was rented from Blockbuster right. or you, you got this game at, at Christmas time and you were going to play the know, heck out of it. <laughs> yeah. You didn't yeah. have a choice. It was going back to Mario or. Uh... <laughs> nice. What about you, Nick? I have found that which one of my kids are around really dictates what I, what I play. Uh, because I, I don't do well with getting distracted or with getting interrupted. And uh, if I've got like my five-year-old around, that's when I s lean more towards like turn-based strategy games where it's easy to get up and walk away from it and go do whatever parenting I need to do and then come back 
um, and make a couple more turns and make a couple more changes. And then I'll inevitably get pulled away and have to do something else. And then I could sneak back over, you know, and, and on and on and on. <clears throat> so I appreciate that option to be able to at least get some gaming done while I'm juggling all the kids doing kids stuff. But on the flip side of that, when everyone's, um, when it's a school night and everyone's tucked away in bed, that's when I can bust out like God of War or um, anything else that demands a little more attention, something that I would get really irritated with otherwise getting interrupted while I play. You know? Hunt. <laughs> cough, cough. Hunt. Cough, cough. Oh, yes. <laughs> 100%. And that was something I read uh, about early on is that Hunt is not the type of game you want to play when you got a bunch of stuff going on in the room with you because uh it just it's just not going to work for, for you. sure but that's but that's another thing and i learned that real quick is that it, i i do not do well i get really tilted really easily <laughs> when i'm trying to play hunt for example and i got a kindergartner climbing on my lap <laughs> um I, I i can't deal with that yeah. that ramps up the difficulty for sure <laughs> <laughs> an artificial difficulty oh, okay. that really isn't needed in addition to what the game already absolutely is. right no way exactly <laughs> all right the next section here we want to talk about uh some games unless you guys had anything else to go back to on that one no i would just say i would just say as you know uh, on top of what you know playing something that is engaging and you're enjoying it or you're in the right frame of mind and right um mindset uh, i also think that just with with kids and with other uh outside responsibilities just the amount of time you have i know for me it definitely dictates it going back to what you said james is if this game isn't clicking i'm not gonna continue to use the uh the limited amount of time i have right. to, to to do it and so and, and but then that like also means um i mean i'm willing to play a game here or there that's gonna take 30 or 40 or 50 hours to finish but it's nice sometimes just to have you know like a, a forza um motorsport or uh vampire survivors or something like yeah. that where i i know that i have a um I can get in, get out, and and get on with my life. Whereas I, sometimes you want to sit down and and play a game straight for a while, and that's just not as feasible as it as it used to be. That's true. That's why I've I've come to really appreciate um, what I've come to learn are called Zen games. They're, they're, it's it's an unofficial title, but um, Zen games are ones that are like. Uh, power wash simulator um <laughs> trucking simulator the, the trucking simulator yeah yep. uh, what's uh, uh what's the what's the game where you're basically cleaning up a, a spaceship after oh yeah um, people exploded inside so you're cleaning up guts oh, and entrails and stuff what's that called Something details uh, and aliens. Yeah, vis, vis, viscera something. Viscera cleanup detail. or viscera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's kind of like it's it's a co-op game, which I think co-op? is great because, yeah, like you could just load people in and just you guys just clean the ship 
online together and just hang out. We should do a podcast doing that. that yeah. Viscera, viscera cleanup detail. Yes. I appreciate games like that because um, I call them um, brain off games <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's exactly what it is. It's at the end of the night, even if my kids are tucked away and I can jump into something that's a little more demanding, I'm, I don't always want to because I'm tired or frustrated or I just want to just just relax. That's what uh, that's what those types of games. And yes, Forza Horizons especially is I've taken a, uh, a keen liking to that one as well. Sometimes you just want to take a super GT off road and <laughs> mangle, <laughs> mangle some trees. And... Find the biggest jump you can you can, and fly over it at 200 miles an hour and see how far you get. And that's what I love is that there are specific jumps in that game where you can go in and they rate you, you know, three stars, two stars. If you would have gone 40 more feet, you would have gotten three stars. Go do it again. Yeah, back anyway. in the day, it was uh, firing up GTA 4 with nothing in mind except to steal a car and then run over as many pedestrians as possible <laughs> well, no no the better one was crackdown oh yeah crackdown you could go out into the highway and you could like kick and punch cars take somebody up to the top of and... a skyscraper and boot them across the town so there's zen games and there are uh pressure relief valve games where sometimes you gotta let off a little steam pressure relief valve yes very good very good um, this next section we're going to talk about what kind of games do you have any specifically that you wish they would make more of or another one of um, maybe we'll go with you first Tony well uh, I guess I can have an answer for each one so um, having finished one of the best games of this year uh, Dave the Diver <laughs> um, we're going to talk a lot about that uh, coming up I'm sure but uh, that would I was just as I was playing it, I was just thinking of um, I'd love to just have more of that, whether it be like a different place to go fishing or another re- type of restaurant. Or, I mean, there's so much in that game already. I mean, the game is perfect as it is, but when you have something like that, and then you want you're always going to want just a little bit more of it. Mm-hmm. So, and then as far as like a, like a remake or like a you know, again, just finished up Resident Evil 4, uh, the remake that came out earlier this year. Um, and they've, they've been kind of going down the line of remaking some of the um, original versions of that game. I'd love to go back and play Resident Evil 1 or Resident Evil 0 with, you know, 21st century hardware and uh Improving because some of those some of those games are so janky with the controls and and uh, like camera angles and stuff like that. Yeah. Just to have all that be modernized, I would definitely be down for that. Cool. What about you, Nick? Is this take my money? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, my my headset. Uh, my headset. I was having technical. Yep. Here, here's the meme. Take, take my, my money. money. Take my money. All right. So uh, I only came up with with one thing and it's really all I want and it's more uh, Crusader Kings 3 content. Mm. <clears throat> and I know that there's going to be more coming just because they uh, they announced their their upcoming rough rele- release schedule for next year and I'm really looking forward to it. 
I uh, just recently jumped on the Crusader Kings 3 train, and I'm, I've clocked in about 80 hours now, and I'm still on my first, my first save file, my first campaign. Wow. And I'm still learning, and it's still so much fun, and I can totally see how they can, they can add on to this. And I would, without blinking, without even fussing about it, I'll, I will gobble up any DL, any DLC that comes out for Crusader Kings. Very cool. The, the chapters they ha- <clears throat> they release um, through the course of the year. It's it's different kinds of downloads and DLCs, and because it's not always just a big expansion. It's event packs. It's flavor packs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's and it's it's a bit much sometimes, but after you've kind of chewed on it for a little while and you understand what they're doing, um, it makes sense. It's it's pretty cool how they do it. Nice. Um, f- for me, uh, this one, I don't know if you remember Tony or not, uh, Dark Sector. It was on Xbox 360. I think maybe you might have watched me play it a little bit, but it's like a third-person action game where you had a... Uh, a glaive with like three blades on it and you would throw it and every time you threw it it would come back to you you could do like finishing moves and even had like a multiplayer to it what's what did you say this was called dark Dark sector Sector. yeah the the main character was voiced by michael rosenbaum uh he was lex from uh what was it smallville right on um but the game looked great it had like a mildly dark tone to the style to it um oh i've yeah, seen this yeah. okay this was 360 mm-hmm. yeah and, and then okay. the uh the studio actually ended up i think developing a warframe which is very similar style and i'm surprised i haven't played that more <laughs> but um i should probably try it out again maybe it'll scratch that itch for me yeah this definitely looks like it could use an upgrade to uh current current graphics engines and control schemes oh, and yeah. stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. This will this could totally fit that. That's cool. Yeah. I've I've seen this cover but I never really looked into the game. It was pretty good. It had a decent storyline okay. too. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then towards now we're towards the end of the episode. The best part. Game of the year. We're going to break this one up into basically two games. One that was released in 2023 that you you call game of the year um and one that you actually played <laughs> for 2023 whatever year it came out uh so once you kick it off nick okay <clears throat> the game the, the game that was released in 2023 uh my game of the year i really it, didn't even need to think about it i still think about how much fun i had with the uh dead space remake and mm. e- even as it's funny even as i'm playing through god of war now i sometimes think to myself i kind of just want to play dead space <laughs> uh, i didn't play the original so i really don't have any kind of frame of reference to how the 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 update or the remake compares to the to the original but i can attest to the remake in that it it's it's tight it's it's fun to play the guns are uh responsive and snappy the environments tends to look a little samey after a while because you're just in this big dank spaceship 
that's overflowing. That's a good with, word for uh, it. Over, uh, <laughs> just overflowing with, with uh, biology yeah. looks a little same after a while, but that doesn't stop them. That didn't get in the way of creating these really cool uh, set pieces and puzzle. Not, I don't want to say puzzle rooms, but just uh, interactive rooms where you have to figure out how to get to the exit. Um, it was a lot of fun. I burned through it and I kind of want to play it again. I, and I can't remember the last time I've thought about that uh, with the game to be able to just to finish it and then to start it over. That's again. cool. Either NG plus or just from the beginning. That's what I, uh, that's my 2023. The other game that was not released in 2023, but uh, played a bunch of this year. I don't, I don't, I'm, it's my safe answer, but you know what? No, I was going to say Factorio, but you know what? I, I'm thinking about Hunt. Yep. I'm thinking about Me too. Hunt that it was, um, Hunt is really good at what it does. Hunt has a real strong sense of identity and it really digs into it. Crytek really just embellishes every aspect of of its setting, of uh, just this this world, this bayou that they've created, and I really appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> and it led to playing the game with you, James. Oh, yeah. it, it had it had tremendous lots of highs, ups, highs, lots of downs, <laughs> yes, lows. and I. I it's the game itself, the match, the match uh, cycle, or the match progress. I, I, I loved it. Um, I feel like I just kind of rambled about it, but <laughs> I think that's really all you can do with Hunt because there's so much to, to take in. And the skill ceiling is deceivingly high yeah, yeah. in there, for well, sure. I mean, I guess I'll go next because that kind of leads into the the most played or best for 2023 played game that I like is hunt um, showdown as well. Nice. Uh, nice. A close second was across the obelisk, but hunt, hunt showdown mm. is going to be the winner um, for all the reasons you mentioned. But I think because it was such a stark contrast to like the Twitch shooters that are popular right now, uh, you can only right. take a few shots and then you're out of luck. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's very visceral. Uh, the gunplay was great. I'd say it was up there with Destiny 2, um, in my mm. opinion. But uh, like you pointed out, the setting was awesome uh, with that dark Louisiana, Louisiana Bayou, somewhat like right. religious, supernatural, with some mm-hmm. those undertones just hit the right spot. Um, but And I like how you said, uh, how you compared it to other Twitch shooters. And that just that made me think about the brief experience I had in Tarkov and how our team was trying to take on another team and how it was, I was eliminated and out before I really even knew what happened. And I'm like, this isn't fun. I'm, I'm back at the lobby again. Whereas with hunt, these gunfights can go on for like 10 (laughs) minutes and that's, and that's so much fun because there's, you're, you're just as vulnerable and you've got uh, these guns that, they're not these automatic ARs, mm-hmm. you know. They're 
you got to manually load these suckers. And so when you take a shot, you need to mean it. And when you need to reload, you need to find a place to hunker down to be able to, to, to complete it. And that's so, I think that just creates these situations that are so lively and just fun to be in. Yep. Despite the outcome, if I'm, if personally, if I'm in a good enough mood, <laughs> if I lose, I still have fun. Well, the last point about it was the sound, like how they integrated the sound into the gameplay for me was awesome. Um, I don't think I've played another game where the sound was so uh, in, involved in the gameplay. So you can mm-hmm. hear a stick snap in the woods and that gives you the player's position. Um, so you know which way to look and be cautious of. Or they're playing mind games on you, right? So, (laughs) which is why I love the name. It's hunt, right? You're either hunting or being hunted. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's chef kiss for me right there. Um, (laughs) But then the game for me that released in 2023, that was the game of the year. was Baldur's Gate 3. Um, It, of course, won a bunch of awards at the Game Awards show, including game of the year. And it's nominated for like 11 categories at the BAFTA Game Awards and on and on and on. Um, What to say about that game? Uh, The graphics were great. The world was detailed and expansive. Main characters um, being completely voiced was very cool. Um, Having interactions between characters um, was very engaging. It made me wonder you know, what, what I missed because I didn't talk to this other character or I had to kill this guy because I was good or he was bad or, you know, whatever it may be. But um, the gameplay was awesome too. And pushing enemies over ledges is one of the most satisfying things I think I've done (laughs) in a video game lately. And Tony, I know you can appreciate that. So uh, the only downside was... Absolutely. (laughs) only downside I had was some like stability issues in the third act. Um, But otherwise, yeah, the game was awesome. When you make a choice, when you were playing Baldur's Gate and you made a choice, do you, are you able just to move on with that choice and accept whatever happens without (laughs) thinking, what if I had choosed this? What if I had choosed A, B, C instead of D? Like, do, do you get hung up doing that? Did you did you get hung up doing that when playing Baldur's Gate, or were you able just to make a choice and move For on? For the most part, make a choice and move on. I think um, there was a few scenarios, a few times where I'm like, "No, I I want this this to happen." Mm-hmm. So I would try it. If it didn't work, I'm okay. We go back to the save. <laughs> I, that's the difference between that's the difference between a, a role playing game though and a video game, yes. right? Like a role playing game, does my character and I know that like a lot of times your own personal characteristics are manifest in your character, or sometimes you want to be the, you know, the evil scoundrel mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, if you're playing that role, cause like, I know exactly what you're saying. Like I'm going to save, I'm going to make choice a, <laughs> and I'm going to go back and that's, you right. know, we'll see where that goes for a few minutes. And then I'm going to go back if I don't like it. And that's, you know, kind of defeating the spirit of the game, but there's always that. Am is I getting the good ending? Am I getting the good? Yeah, I hate that. Did I get which ending? Did I get? Right, I, right. I, 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 that just drives me crazy because I want to be able to be. 
I want to be able to feel resolved on whichever ending I get. I don't care how many there yeah. are, which is no fault of the game. I mean, that's that's just what happens with when you're choosing your own adventure. The story pans out with how you choose, but I can't. I can't do that. I can't just. I can't just be. I can't be okay with my decisions. <laughs> I'll out myself here, though. At the very end, I think I I saved right before the final boss fight, and there was like four or five different choices you could make. Uh, so I got mm. four or five different endings on my one playthrough. <laughs> I was like, okay. I need I need to yeah, know yeah. what some of these other endings are. Well, you said I'm... that there are different people that you didn't talk to, oh, different. Yeah choices you didn't make do you think you'll go back and play I it again do. i think i think literally i probably only scratched like a third at most maybe a fourth of what the game has uh like <laughs> not even close i that's, honestly that's crazy so yeah there's a lot to it <laughs> all right tony i think you're up i will i'm gonna go first with the game that did not come out in 2023 but i played it for the first time this year uh, i'm gonna go with inscription um i had heard uh, i guess a little bit of background on what the game is it's kind of hard to describe it without spoiling it and also um it's still kind of hard to um you know uh, put it in a genre or it's 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 a it's a card game a uh, i guess you could call it kind of like a deck builder not quite a deck builder. Um, I guess it's a roguelike uh, card game that you know has you just you're just dropped in the game. Um, when it first starts up, you can't even like start a new game. You've got to load into a a saved game, um, and then as you go through and make it past like the first couple levels, then the game completely changes. You 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 find a, a video that you watch, and it's just I, I don't know how to describe it, but the um, gameplay mechanics are, are really well done, very well balanced. There are, again, you, you know, there's every time you're faced with a, cha- a choice of, do I want uh, a card that, you know, costs bones? Does it cost blood? Do I want to have a um, an item that will let me cut uh, another player's card up? Or just there's just a lot of choices, a lot of branching um paths you can take for each level um and i haven't finished it i don't even know how far through i am um but it was such a breath of fresh air of new you know a new game type a new game interface it's got that retro um look but the sound is amazing and the you know the gameplay is really good so that was my uh that was my favorite game i played this year that did not come out this year um as far as games that came out this year you're gonna have to um, suffer through my list because I made a <laughs> oh, list. <man. laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll bring it down. Just pillow. do my top three. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, I will say that I think my biggest disappointment of 2023 was probably Starfield. Um, I really wanted that to end up on my top uh, five list or, or, or whatever. Um, but uh, as I played through it, I just it, that was one of those games when we were talking about earlier where I'm like I'm gonna keep soldiering through this it's going to get good eventually or i've loved bethesda games in the past i'm going to eventually love this and it just it just never happened i mean i finished it um but uh, that was that was a bummer um so for my top three uh the coming in at number three uh, i have the remake of resident evil 4 um 
you guys know there's no uh, surprise there that I love the Resident Evil games. I've played through all the main games, uh, going all the way back to the GameCube game, GameCube days. Um, I never played the original ones on the PlayStation, but um, I've played through them all. I played a few of the uh, offshoot games, but Resident Evil 4 is what started it for me when it first came out on the GameCube. And I've played like the PC remakes, but this this full um, full blown remake that came out this year was amazing. It was everything that I uh, loved about the first game, with obviously um, updated graphics and sound. And um, while it wasn't a one to one remake, it was close enough. I, I love the setting with it being you know set in Spain, and um, it's what put buttonmashing.com on the map is everyone searching for the translations for what Number the one. villagers are saying. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, and then it's got the, after you finish it, it's got the mercenaries mini game, which is amazing. And uh, I just, I just love that game. And then the second one coming in number two is it was a surprise for me. I'd seen people playing it earlier this year and it seemed like it was a pretty popular, pretty, uh, um, widely well-reviewed game was Dave the Diver and then just on a whim I think it might have even been on sale on Steam uh, a couple weeks ago I picked it up and then it just became an obsession <laughs> like uh, everything I'd love everything about that That's game cool. um, the, the I love the kind of like mixture of the pixelated graphics with like hand-drawn and and really bright and colorful um, backgrounds and then I love the two different game mechanics of the fishing part and then running the restaurant. Um, they did a really good job with the, the music, I think, is amazing. Um, and then, like, there's just it, it surprises you at every turn. There's always like a different little mini game, uh, a rhythm game, or a bullet hell shooter, <laughs> or um, just just a ton of it, a farming it simulator. It did seem very original in the fact that it like yes m- merged genres so well that like um, you were playing you know the diving part of it like expecting it to be Dave the Diver that's the game okay and then all of a sudden you're running a sushi bar and and then you <laughs> keep diving and you're like okay and then uh, what was it farm simulator next and then you're still right, you're still right. diving but then you know hell uh the shooter game on top of it that's that's pretty uh original i don't know if i've seen other games mix that many genres you know what i was really surprised by was you know i i went into it totally blind so i had no idea who made it um it was published i don't know if it was it was published by um i think it's nexon which is a a korean company that's made I, i played a game that they made years and years ago um, it was a it was an MMR RPG called Invictus. Um, had that real kind of like you know um, uh, you know Asian graphical style, and it was basically like an action RPG with a whole bunch of different multiplayer, massively multiplayer uh, elements to it. And I was just surprised that it's the same. You know, I don't I don't think it's the same people that made it. But but published yeah. that same. I also think they did Maple yep. Story, yep. which I think has been around for like twenty yeah. years. So, um, but yeah, Dave was Dave was awesome. That's cool. And then it's not going to be a surprise to anyone here, but the game I put the most time into, and and loved the most was definitely Tears of the Kingdom. 
for the Switch. Um, surprisingly, I have not finished it. Uh, I um, have put in almost 250 hours into it. I wanted to um, explore the entire... So there's three levels of the map. They took the map from Breath of the Wild and then added a whole another portion uh, in the sky and then added a whole another portion underground. Um, so the, the map is humongous and um, I, it's just one of my favorite games to just go do nothing but, you know, the, the, the mechanics they added with being able to fuse objects together to build. Uh, you could build the, you know, the most complex machinery or the, the simplest, you know, bridge that was 50 logs fused together so you could walk across a, a path that you couldn't get to in any other way. But um, it had the, the Zelda lore and charm and music and it's just it's amazing i i i want to finish it before the end of the year just so i can say i finished it the same year it came out but um it's just i i could go so on my question is you, had, you said 250 hours what's like what if, i think so the yeah bulk of that make up your activities like what have you what do you what do you what have you been doing is it the, is it all the story or are you just so building it, i would say that's like probably like yeah i'd probably say like, like okay. a third of it is the story um because there's there's um you know in in breath of the wild you were looking for memories you'd find these you had you had these pictures that you had to find where they were taken in the uh in the world and you go there and then you'd get a chunk of the story played back to you in like a in like a multi-memory so it's like a, a uh, flashback in um tears of the kingdom there were these little places called tears where you would go and find them and then you'd get like a a um flashback to the story uh in a similar manner so you're you're going through those trying to find those at the same time um you are you know the, there's the shrines that are populated throughout the map and then each area um has like a, a, a something that's wrong with it that you've got to figure out and fix and so there's missions that will um open up a, a a new area and then you'll get a companion as a result of completing that um portion similar like in, in tears of the kingdom you were activating these or i'm sorry in breath of the wild you were activating these uh devices that the the, the people before you had built to defeat Ganon in this in this time it's the four champions that you're you're getting to um join with you in the fight and so there's those missions there's finding the tiers and then there's the shrines that are what you use to like uh, upgrade your stamina and upgrade your health and then on top of that there are like these little side quests of exploring the underworld and figuring out what this there's like this substance that is infecting um, the the world and, and this gloom that you're, you're trying to figure figure out what the source of that is. And then on top of that, there are like the fairies you try to find. There's um, and then and then <laughs> yeah and then exactly. <laughs> so yeah, there, I would say like half of it was probably exploration, a third of it was doing um, the shrines and and the side missions, and then. The rest of that would have been the the main story. That's line. cool. I get that though, because Elden Ring was very much that same vein, and 
that was definitely my 2022 game of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, any other? I think that might have been it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So were there any? Do you guys have any other runner-ups or any other? Yeah, that was disappointments. One of you said you were disappointed in a game, and I forgot. Starfield, yes. I want Starfield. to see. I want to look back yeah. and see if there was something that I played specifically that, you know, I think contra- I would like to contrast uh, your opinion and maybe say Inscription as a dis. I don't want to say disappointment. No, no. I'm not going to say disappointment, but it just it. <laughs> I, I didn't take it the distance that I thought I was going to. Um, <clears throat> but I won't say disappointment. Um, edit this part out. <laughs> I, don't, I can't. I can't recall. I can't recall if there are any straight up disappointments. My, like I mentioned, my close second was across the obelisk. Um, I think. I appreciated that more uh, playing it with uh, Nick and another button masher um, because the, the, the co-op nature of it, the, you know, the, the tactics and strategies that you um, put into it as a team, um, since it's kind of like a deck builder, uh, almost RPG ish. Um, and so coordinating your, your skills between the characters and utilizing your strengths of each character to the fullest could let you, you know, breeze through some of these tougher monsters. And I think that that was probably the most interesting part about it was the the strategy that you had to to work towards together. So that was my. I feel like it game. The difficulty in that game scales very well. We yeah. and through that as we're playing you and i can decide how we're going to change up the cards that we have and the change to change up like the focus of of our decks and which character is going to be doing what and i think that's one of the reasons why it was so engaging is because um that game gives you i feel like it gives you enough elbow room to uh make some course corrections in the composition of your decks. Cause I feel like in some other deck builder games, like once you kind of get locked into a certain um, mechanic or a certain uh, like theme of a deck, you're, you're, you're locked in and you're there and you can't really do much to adapt to the, to the enemies. Whereas in across the obelisk between the four characters that you're playing in each run, changes can be made and you could be still dead be deadly and be effective and progress through the levels mm-hmm. for sure cool well all right well i think that wraps up our, our <laughs> first episode uh hopefully many more to come um we'll have some interesting topics I'd, I'd like to definitely get to you know maybe like everybody's top five all time Oof. uh Oof. <laughs> i know right so maybe some studios that were loved but have uh let you down recently things like that uh but yeah so look forward to some more coming from button meshing thanks guys sounds good